0: Betsy Crouch is my guest today on the Design Your Life on Purpose podcast, and I am tickled to death for you because I know how much you're going to get out of listening to our conversation. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Betsy. If you were to meet her out on the street, you would know instantly this woman has got it together. She's infectious, her, she's positive, you would believe that she was a, a leader, you would know that about her because she exudes that kind of energy. But in today's podcast, she's going to share how that was not always her truth, how there was a time when she was hiding a part of herself or hiding behind a facade that if she were really honest, she was probably living her life the way she felt other people wanted her to live it. And here's the deal. It cost her dearly. And when everything finally broke down and she broke through and began to design her own life, she began to experience true freedom freedom people and that's the story she's going to share with us today now she's an expert in resilience she is a leader she's an entrepreneur she's newly married and she is one powerful badass and let me tell you you're not going to want to miss a single minute of this interview I'm Life Coach Sherry Honeycutt, and you're listening to the Design Your Life on Purpose podcast. The aim of this podcast is to jolt you out of your velvet rut to help you stop living by default. It's for those of us who sometimes say, oh, is this as good as it's going to get? Well, I'm here to tell you, no, it doesn't have to be. You can create the life you want with intentional thoughts, deliberate attention to your feelings and inspired action. You can create the life you've always intended to live. That's what I call living on purpose. And you can learn more and find resources at SherryHoneycutt.com. But for today, enjoy this episode and may you be inspired to start today to live Live your life more on purpose. Hello, and welcome to the Design Your Life on Purpose podcast. Of course, you've probably already heard that in the pre recording, but welcome again. I get so excited and even a bit nervous sometimes when I'm getting ready to have a phenomenal conversation. We won't analyze the nervousness part, but let's go into the excitement part. My guest today is Betsy Crouch, and you are going to be, I'm already giggling, I'm already laughing about, about what is about to happen, because I don't know, but I'm so excited. <laughs> you guys, i am we're, we're looking at each other on the computer screen, and we're already kind of laughing. It's very fun. Betsy, how are you? And welcome.
1: Thank you for having me, Sherry. I'm just honored to be here and thrilled for our <laughs> connection and conversation every time we get a chance to connect and chat. It's just the upward
0: spiral. So I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, it's fun. So let me give you a thumbnail of Betsy and then I'm going to mostly let you discover her yourself and then I'll have things in the show notes, but Betsy, Betsy's a leader. And I say that capital L leader, she comes in with groups and teams and helps them get really centered around their values, about what's important with them. She is, is one of those synthesizers. These are my words, not hers. So the synthesizer, she's she's a master facilitator. Uh, you should read some of her testimonials. She brings to this, you guys, executive coaching, her understanding of, of, of psychology and improvising uh, improv- I can't even say it help me, Betsy, improvisational (laughs) theater,
1: (laughs) (laughs) improvisational theater, there it goes, of
0: which you can see I should never (laughs) do, (laughs) Uh, entrepreneurship, positive psychology, appreciative inquiry, the list goes on, she's put all this in a package, and it is the package of Betsy that is such a phenomenal, phenomenal leader, and you're going to sense that, but of course, I'm having her here, not only as a leader, but as also just the human that she is to talk about life, so how's that for an introduction?
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, absolutely. I love talking about life. I'm fascinated by life and the human experience. So yes. Absolutely. That is
0: one of, one of the many reasons, Betsy, I've asked you to be on this podcast, because here and the listeners who follow on this podcast are, are folks who are interested uh, in not living by default. And what I mean, and not necessarily accepting the factory settings that they came into the world with or were told they had, but instead go, wait a minute, what do I really want? And hey, do where can I garner the the stuff, the tools, the energy, the motivation to create that?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, what,
0: what do you think about that?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, <clears throat> you and I are totally in alignment
0: mm-hmm.
1: because when anytime I get the opportunity to enter into conversation with people or even examining my own life, I'm, I'm asking those same questions. I'm mm-hmm. questioning what is this default? What is the expectation? You know, people often come to me and they say, Oh, I have this problem. I need help solving it. And so what, what we always do is we start taking steps backwards. And I know you mm-hmm. do this with people too, is we start going back, 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 because, we need to like Einstein said if you have an hour to solve a problem take 55 minutes to define what the problem is and then 5 minutes to solve it so mm-hmm. it's that questioning of like wait a second what what is the actual goal here do we want to follow this path that's been
2: mm-hmm. well
1: grooved before us or do we really want to connect with ourselves holistically and what makes this come alive so yeah. i am here for it All that right, conversation yeah. I mean, how much time do we have? Well,
0: and it's, it's my contention. And I don't really know that this is true, but I feel like it is that, that the majority of people have not yet had the opportunity, been reminded, found the courage, whatever, to ask those questions. That if you're a person who is contemplating your own direction and your own way you're living your life, you are at already in the minority. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, I guess, is, is, is a weird way of giving kudos to anybody who's stopping and doing that kind of assessment that you just mentioned. Companies mm-hmm. who are willing to say, hey, we might not be on the right path. Yeah. Or individuals. So it begins with, or it doesn't begin with necessarily, but the questions. Talk to mm-hmm. me about how you um, approach questioning your yourself, your clients, whatever, go with it. How do All you right. use the well, question?
1: <clears throat> I want to start with you. You mentioned, you know, people in our lives being in a situation where we don't even realize that we can question, or we're mm-hmm. not even to that point where we have the awareness or mm-hmm. the exposure. We haven't had a conversation with somebody to ask us that curveball question that make our, our heads spin. To say, wait a second, what up? Up isn't up, and down isn't yeah, down. yeah. Um, and so I think that. For me, you know, when we live in that place before somebody asks a question and helps us to get out of a certain pattern of thinking, often we feel there's something wrong with us. Mm -hmm. I mean, we think there's something wrong with us that we can't fit into this default programming or that we can't do things the way we think other people are doing them or succeed in the way that they succeed or look the way they look, act the way they act, have the kind of results, right? We could go through all these different ways we compare to other people. And I can say that in my life, that's that was me for the first 23 years of my life, was feeling like there's something wrong with me. Um, I don't quite get how to do life. Like, it seems like other people, it seems to come more easily to other people. That's what I I felt. I experienced as a child, a lot of anxiety, a lot of, I mean, seasons of depression. I mean, we could go into different challenges, right. That come from living in a place of feeling this sense of invalidation, of feeling Mm -hmm. like I can't quite do what it seems like everyone else Mm -hmm. is doing. Or if I am doing it, I've completely lost myself. And that's where I ended up at 23 was I was a shell of myself where I had played the character. I had played the role. I had done what everyone said was the way to succeed. And and even by that age, and I was in sales, I had a new BMW and I bought a condo and I'd done the things that were material things that seemed like success. Mm -hmm. But I was totally unhappy, a shadow of myself and could see that I was going down a path of self-destruction and
2: mm.
1: what the what helped me get out of that and I want to come back to what you said about questions um is that I was invited to go to a personal growth and development workshop with a woman whose name is Faith Spina who became my first coach mm. and helped to ask many of the questions and help me tr- start to see things differently and even get my own information about what was appropriate for me. Um, and the first card that I picked, it was a Louise Hay card Uh in that workshop. Yeah. It was loving, loving others is easy when I love and accept myself.
2: Mm. And we were each
1: supposed to read the card and then say what it meant to us. And when it got to me, my heart was beating faster, faster, Mm. faster as it's going around and all i like, I couldn't hear what anybody else was saying because everybody knows that feeling. You're like, it's all, what am I going to say? And how am I going to, so it gets to me. I just burst into tears. Oh, and that has been, open. oh yeah. And yeah. that has been my path since then, which is coming into self-acceptance and mm. giving myself compassion and understanding and curiosity mm. and patience. And so when we start talking about questions, I like to start thinking about questions in terms of like, What is the most gentle Mm. thing that we can do for and with ourselves right now? What Mm. is, how might we show ourselves a tiny bit of compassion if we can't feel like we can show ourselves a lot of compassion when we're in those moments? Because it's really hard to go from that place to do like this 180. Oh, now now I have a whole different worldview and I'm going to ask myself Mm -hmm. and I'm going to connect with my higher... Yeah. Self and all these things. Um, <laughs> that's not where I was. It was no. like, can we just get a crack in the door to like, what is, and with my clients, the so question might be like, what is, what is something gentle you can do for yourself yeah. this week? How might you show yourself some compassion?
0: Yeah.
2: That and it might gentleness. be tiny, Yeah. It might just
1: be tiny, but it's like getting that crack of that door open. Some people might think, Oh, the questions are going to start and they're going to be really big. It's like, no, it's Mm-mm. how it's just that tiny step to start to see a new way
0: of being. Gosh, um, so many things I wanted to say about what you just shared, but I, am going to start the beginning back. The last thing you said right there is I'm so glad you made that distinction that you don't necessarily have to come in with these big swooping. It's like, you don't, you know, you don't have to come in and, and paint the walls, all these grand colors. You can just like, you know, clean one wall and paint Mm -hmm. it a nice, lovely, new shade of, whatever, to to create a new movement in your life. Right. Yeah. And so just cracking that open at whatever level you're ready or your clients are ready. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we can only go as fast as the slowest part of us wants to go. Mm. And so that, Ooh, that let's
1: put that quotable up, Sherry. I know you we gotta put that quotable up. I, I love you that. know what we can I only I will. go as fast as the slowest part of us wants to go. Bless and you, because that I, is so true.
0: I didn't write that. That is a lyric of a song written by a spiritual artist named Karen Drucker. And it was a song I used to listen listen to years ago about you can only go as slow as this. Um, you can only go as fast as the slowest part of you wants to go mm-hmm. but here's the part you're going and so what what i, I also want to go back for the listeners and even for myself for you i love that you were telling me that you that you were not in integrity and i mean mm-hmm. integrity meaning mm-hmm. it wasn't in alignment with who you yeah. really were but you were playing a role you were doing mm-hmm. the things and to the external world you looked like you had it all together right mm-hmm. But can you go back a little bit and tell me, uh, tell us, you were starting to understand that you were out of sync, right? And so, and and you accepted yes to this workshop and you, what really was the turning point for you? Was it happy accidents? Was it serendipity? Was it anything conscious that was the pain of that out of integrity
1: mm-hmm.
2: large? You know,
1: yeah. Um and that's a I would put it the same way, that I was out of integrity with
2: myself mm-hmm. and
1: with out of alignment with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, going to that workshop cracked things mm-hmm. open for mm-hmm. me. And it's and, and what it allowed is just a little bit of love to come in. Yeah. A little bit of acceptance. A little bit of people seeing me, and particularly that coach who's a dear friend of mine, Faith, mm-hmm. seeing me and not letting me fool her like i felt like i could fool everyone else with all my all my humor and my flashy you know moves That I can do. I've tricked a lot of therapists. I mean, I can just, I can talk my way through a therapy session like you will believe. I could talk 49 minutes and get myself right on out of there.
0: (laughs) Betsy, I've said the same thing to my Claire. So I'm like, you know, I'm really good. You're going to have to be at the top of your game. If you're going to get me to budge at all,
1: your work's cut out for you. Right. So So she had me, she had me really dialed in in the most gentle and loving way. Mm. And so I started to let that love mm-hmm. start to come in but what i experienced after that over the next year was mm-hmm. a series of physical emotional and spiritual breakdowns so like i blew my knee out playing soccer but it, but this was also after a night of partying and i slept 5 hours and you know the whole mm-hmm. kind of laddering of these things i lost my voice i was training people 50 hours a week i lost my voice I had nodules on my vocal cords they suggested surgery, but I could recover because of the knee surgery. I mean, there were so many things. I was in speech therapy. I was seeing a voice pathologist. A knee therapy. I went from having, you know, all this money in my bank accounts to like starting to go into debt, like in six to seven months kind of thing. Mm. My business was running in the negative. Like everything's just started to unravel. Yeah. So it was the kind of like that crack opened up, but then I could really start to feel into the pain that I was experiencing in my outside um, world started to reflect that. And then the mo- a moment within all of this was when a former sales rep of mine came into my office to meet with me and he had started a new sales job. And I thought, Oh, good for me. I will encourage him in his new job. You know, mm-hmm. come on in. I'll talk to you because I'm so great at encouraging people. <laughs> he comes in, he starts selling me what his new product is. And he starts selling me a grave plot for oh. me. And I'm listening to his pitch. And in the back of my mind, I'm saying, what? You know, I'm trying to keep it cool with this guy because I'm, I'm being very good at being encouraged. Yes. In his new job. But I'm thinking, who, who the heck are you trying to sell a grave pot to? I am 23 years old. I'm not dying anytime soon. So inside I was angry. Mm-hmm. And he started saying, no, no, it's cheaper to buy it now than if you're, you know, later. Yeah. When, and it was, he left and I encouraged. I said, no, I'm not going to buy one. Thank you. But I encouraged him. I kept his business card. I still have his business card. But when he left, it just, as much of the self-destructive behavior that I had done and abusing uh, alcohol and and all the things i had done that i was right on this edge
2: mm-hmm.
1: really on this edge of really hurting myself for other people and that having that moment he basically mm-hmm. said to me hey you're going to die one day yeah. for real yeah and <laughs> it, it that had not occurred to me and we know now the brain's not dev- yeah. i mean 23 the brain is not developed yeah. you're taking these you know your inhibitions are low You're not, there's a lot of parts of the brain that are not developed, but it hit me like, okay, so I am actually going to die one day. There's going to be a grave plot or some kind of cremation or something's going to happen where this thing is going to end. And I have a choice.
2: Mm. I can
1: go on this path. And for somehow, either through my coach, Faith, who I ended up hiring to coach me one on one, whether it's, I think it was a question she asked me, which was, If you knew you were gonna die in six weeks, would you live the way that you're living now? And when Mm. but when he came in trying to sell me a grave plot, I could actually feel more of that question. (laughs) And I I said, no. I mean, I can't. And actually, if I go down this path, I won't live as long or I won't Mm -hmm. I won't be able to Mm -hmm. fully serve really any life, let alone purpose. So I could see the crossroads. And since that point in time, I have been able to see the crossroads more and more and more clearly. And I'm at the point now, which after I'm 43 now, so now 20 years of practice, I can see the crossroads and I am sprinting down away from that path of self-destruction. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. But it's taken a lot of practice. Sure. But that was one of the first moments, that was the first major moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to die one day. So this isn't working. Right. I need to make some changes.
0: Right. Right i I'm sitting over here and i'm 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 struck by your story, and at the same time, I'm going, my gosh, there we get these opportunities to th- see things, and I don't know that just special people get those signs. Do you know what I mean, but you saw these signs, and you really got them they were also pretty obvious I mean he's selling grave (laughs) plots I (laughs) mean that's hilarious can we just talk
1: about (laughs) right I know that that's really
0: kind of funny Mm -hmm. only because in hindsight but it you know you can't you didn't have to manipulate that to make that mean something you know significant and it did but also though Betsy you listened I mean we've We all know those folks who, from our perspective, we would look and go, how many more times do they have to get slammed before they actually see, Mm -hmm. you know, that this is, that life is precious or whatever we're wishing they see, but you saw it. Mm -hmm. And then this combination, it sounds like you were cracked open, this little bit of light and love came in. You had faith, and I'm sure there might've been others, but who saw you without the bullshit. Mm -hmm. They sort of just saw past your bravado or smoke of mirrors or whatever. And, Again, we're taught to have those smoke and mirrors, right? Just mm-hmm. see the shiny object, you know, yeah, for
1: for our survival at a certain yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But then, so so now, let's say you've got where you're at this place where you've been cracked open a bit. Mm-hmm. You've seen that I don't I don't like the trajectory I'm on. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna shift, uh, and you've already admitted that doesn't happen overnight. Angels don't sing, and you don't just turn it over. But tell me a little bit about what happened next for you after that.
1: Mhm. Well, I over the next 2 years I did a pretty intensive amount of coaching with my mm-hmm. coach and a lot of reading and self-reflection and mm-hmm. reconnecting to my spirituality. I would say by the time that this all happened, I was definitely identified as an atheist. I didn't think mm-hmm. any I mean I had totally shut out any possibility of any spirituality. And mm-hmm. over two years doing just a lot of work with my coach and reflection, I was able to reconnect with my relationship to God and my own spirituality. Mm-hmm. And and um, take some time. There was, a, you know, I'd say about a year and a half or two years after that, that I, I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to cut out – a friend of mine told me about this thing, 10 days, cut out meat, dairy, alcohol, sugar. So I said, I'll do it for 10 days. I did it for 10 days, never felt better in my whole life. Mm. So I said, well, if I feel this good, I ought to keep going. And that year, um, you know, the times that I have really sunk into following a very healthful path, I've been able to connect to my own information. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that information has come in very clearly. And that year, which was 2005, I, I did a surfing and yoga retreat in Costa Rica and I'm sitting on this hammock and journaling and listening to me. And I, Sherry, I feel like this lightning bolt of clarity came down through my crown. Mm -hmm. So clearly that I haven't had an experience like this since. Um, that just said, move to San Francisco. Now, I had been to San Francisco many times. My sister lived there. I had studied mm-hmm. at Berkeley for a semester. And I had recently been there, but it was like, boom. Oh. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, at that point, I was I had already moved from Michigan to New Jersey, so I had already changed my jobs. But I loved my current job. I loved my bot. I mean, he's like a mm-hmm. brother to me. I walk in that Monday and I said, I got to go to San Francisco. <laughs> like, it yeah. just felt so clear that mm-hmm. I knew... It, I could not deny this. So I just started doing that. So that that was the next chapter. I moved to San Francisco without a job or lived in my did. sister's basement for a couple <laughs> months and just took some time to connect with myself. And I think I think since then, it's just been kind of different seasons over the last mm-hmm. 16 years of like reconnecting with like, okay, wait, before I go and take a major action, I need to check in with myself. Yeah, And this goes back to what you said about living by default and asking the questions which Mm is yeah i've just been able to practice the thing i'm one of the things i feel most proud of about my life is that i have been able to continually come back even when it seems unpopular or inadvisable based on what culture or business or people think for me to say no i'm actually like a lot of this past two years after i shut down my previous business I have been continuing to coach people, whatever, but I'm not like putting out a big thing. I'm reconnecting with myself, listening,
2: mm-hmm. and I'm not just
1: saying I need to go take actions. I need to just yeah. allow things to to move on their own. You know I
0: remember that from our first conversation that we had when as we were getting to know each other, you're talking about you know you you were clear about one thing needed to close, and I remember I don't know if I actually spoke it to you, but just this calmness as you were like, you know the next thing is just not really clear yet, but there was no sense or at least not that, that I saw of angst. there was a level of trust and calm mm-hmm. and equanimity around that and 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 what I'm hearing you is that you have developed over time this this self this sense of your own self your healthy self the and and that that self guides you you trust it is Mm -hmm. is that an accurate reflection of what you just said
1: yeah it is and I think that anyone hearing this you know what what we get to skip over and saying, Oh, these 20 years, right. It's like all the times that I kind of fell off the path and came back and I fell off and I came back. It's like a continual practice or like, Oh, I know that a canary in the coal mine is if I'm not flossing my teeth every day, something's gone off the rails. So like this past year, I noticed, I was like, I'm only flossing like three times a week. So it's like noticing Mm -hmm. those patterns of saying, okay, well, what's really going on. And I also want to acknowledge that, Although part of my story involves substance abuse, and that's been a significant part of my journey in healing and learning about myself, addiction is a disease that many people struggle with, and I feel that somehow I have been able to live without a desire to use substances for the last probably six Mm -hmm. or seven years, and not everybody has that experience. And right. I don't know that I could explain, oh, I did this thing or I did that. And it's not that. It's like for anyone who's maybe going through that or has a family member, I'm lucky. Yeah. It's a miracle. I honestly really do think so. And I think that if we say, oh, it's because I did ABC and -and so-and-so didn't do those things and that's maybe how I got different results, I think that's... So I just want to mention that because that that has come up. Because we need to give compassion and understanding Mm -hmm. to people. And I think there's a lot of invalidation that goes on around mental health. So I agree. So, yeah. So what we haven't covered is all the mental health things I've gone through, the substance abuse, right? So, but is practice of continually coming back. And I think that that window, that door that was open about love and acceptance, that that is the muscle that I've been able Mm -hmm. to cultivate and Mm -hmm. build Mm -hmm. for and for myself, but also with other people and really put energy into building that muscle for love and compassion for myself and others. And so that that is what provides for me now. Yeah. Resilience. To be able to hold as much, I feel like now I can hold more pain and more struggle than I, in the last couple of years, I feel like I'm able to hold that Mm -hmm. and not run from it. But I really also feel it's because I've been able to cultivate that love and compassion muscle.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. This morning I did um, a Facebook live for my group on Facebook. And basically was saying to folks, you know, I've not been around for the last couple of weeks, I kind of got, you know, to speak in flossing terms, I I quit flossing, you know, it's like, all of a sudden life threw me a couple of curveballs. And I got off course, Mm -hmm. just, you know, in from what I said I was going to do. But the whole point of the the live was to say, but that's what happens. That's not abnormal. Yeah. That's not a foul on my part necessarily. It's just that, and I use the phrase that we learned in a community that you and I are in together, at least the first time I heard it, plan tight, hang loose. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, that's sort of how I want to run my life in a way. I want to plan it. I want to visualize it. I want to have this juicy vision of what it looks like, but then you you kind of have to hang loose because you don't know. There might be a pandemic, let's say, or you might... Yeah. You know, you might have these things that throw you off. Um, and when that happens, you've, you bring in, oh, you bring in the love and the acceptance all the time, but you double up on that self-compassion. Mm-hmm. And then you sit down, at least I'm, for me, and go, okay, look, let's come back to center. Let's come yeah. back to center and go go back with those questions. What do I need right now? Yeah. What might be happening? What might this be? You know, that, that muscle. And you're right. I'm so glad you brought this up. It's going to be my next question. So then the 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 byproduct, if you will, of doing that is you look back and you go, "Man, I'm pretty I've learned a lot about resilience," which is sort of a buzzword now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel like it is a buzzword. I do. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a powerful concept. Talk to me about resilience. I want to hear your your take on it.
1: Um, you know, I'll tell you, five, two, three years ago, I did a TEDx talk with mm-hmm. a former collaborator of mine. Okay. The subject was resilience. Mm-hmm. And part of that experience was blocking off a month of work, hiring a very expensive coach and, and guide. An amazing coach actually spent a lot of money on that, a lot of preparation, a lot of hours, you know, and then we delivered this TEDx talk with the idea that it was going to be part of this getting this message out about resilience. And and I'll say more about resilience itself okay, sure. in this next part, because guess what happened? <laughs> the audio failed on the recording and the video was also somewhat messed up. And there was it was literally a plug was loose. And after mm. our talk and the next one, they realized the production team realized it, fixed it. And then it was working after that. So after this event and the live audience, oh, we, yes, great, so great! Yeah. Oh my god, the video was total fail. And this is why it's hilarious because it's the hilarious. whole talk was about resilience. And so this is—I <laughs> have an idea for another TEDx talk. Is it called well, "The, yeah, the called. Plug Is Loose"? Right?
0: Jiggle the plug. Yeah, the plug
1: is <laughs> loose. We all mess things up sometimes. Yeah. Um, but that is part of the resilience part of that resilience message is about um, celebrating and acknowledging mistakes and failures and learning from those experiences. And I love what you shared about your Facebook live this morning uh, and really validating all the parts of our experience because it is the whole and Mm -hmm. so many people, you know, up until recently, people have been living presenting this really facade of themselves of this is the good parts of me and, I'm hiding all these parts that are maybe challenging or that I'm ashamed of. And we're moving into a time where people are really desiring to see the whole of us Mm -hmm. and share the whole story because when we do that, we validate the whole person of each other. But the thing about resilience that I've been thinking a lot about is that a lot of people, what a lot of people call resilience, Sherry, and you know this too, is armoring up. And just trying to blast through yes. and deny all of the hard stuff in our life that's happening. And guess what? I am not on that train. Thank and you. And I am here for talking about what what I really believe resilience is. And I get a little fearful when people start talking about resilience that way. I'm like, I think I thought of myself as resilient at that time of the beginning of these stories when I was in yeah. my little business suit, and just yeah. on the inside, totally shattered and falling mm-hmm. apart. I, I think I would have said, "Oh yeah, I'm resilient."
2: Yeah, I, because not. I
1: thought I'm wearing armor, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna friggin' run through that wall to show you that I'm capable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm dying inside. So
0: that's <laughs> and not I hate what myself. Yeah,
1: and I hate myself, <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah. So the resilience that I that I connect with, and that I really like to talk about And, and, um, and there are some, you know, if we look into the research definition of resilience, it's, it's really nothing like what people are using the word mm-hmm. to be out there in the world. Um, but to me, it's about resilience is about the ability to sit with all the hard stuff yeah and then feel it and be with it and see it and be able to move through it mm-hmm. to the other side and once you're on the other side, maybe you're not feeling that energized or strong, but you're you're moving in that direction. You mm-hmm. said this a little bit ago. It's like you're still moving. You can only move as fast as the slowest part of you, right, to mm-hmm. go back to the Karen Drucker quote that you shared. It's like, okay, maybe we're moving slow after that, and that's exactly where we need to be. If we look at nature, let's use nature as an example. I mean, okay, guess what? Time, speed, it's all an illusion. It's mm-hmm. gonna take whatever it's gonna take. Exactly. And so, you know, if resilience to me is about wholeness, mm-hmm. I don't care how fast I go, as long as all of me's there, yeah. <laughs> take a while, <laughs> that's okay. Because I need all of me yeah. to love you, to love people, to connect with my wife and family, to connect mm-hmm. with anyone who I want to support and serve. So that's what resilience means.
0: I love me. I Gosh, let's take that in. I'm I'm hoping the listeners really take this in this idea of wholeness. I think you're spot on that we have been taught, we have been encouraged to compartmentalize, to break ourselves apart, to only value certain pieces of us, to only put certain parts out there, to deny others. And then we're this, just, I, I see this spine where we're just this fragmented, crackety, pixeled kind of creatures. And we don't, that that's not what we that's not what heals the world that's not how we live our best life it's from that place of wholeness and and um i'm i'm interested in your definition that idea that ability to sit in not just your definition but the definition of resilience to sit with that hard stuff that that I will tell you, I kind of came into a world with a little bit of a muscle for that. I've not been, I've not been hard stuff averse. I'll put it mm-hmm. that way. And, mm-hmm. and, and it kind of made me the odd person out that I would sit and I'd be the one that would sit, you know, and, and talk about the hard stuff with folks. Yeah. Um, in part of my work, I've been an HIV counselor and have told hundreds of people that they have HIV and I wow. sit with them and those hard things. And what I realized, first of all, that that's, that's a muscle. Mm-hmm. And it's a sacred moment yeah. to be and witness someone in their pain or in their challenge and, and even yeah. show up in your own. And when we when we choose not to do those pieces, we're missing out on this glorious, delicious yeah. part of the human experience. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? You're not your head. Does that? Oh, my God, sense? I'm
1: feeling it. I mean, well, we're missing out on connection.
0: Yeah. Because that's where the real connection is, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because if I can't hold, if I can't be with my own pain and, or if I was in my own pain and using that as a, as a reason to sell myself on this idea that there's something wrong with me, I'm broken. Mm -hmm. um, I should be ashamed of how I am or who I am. Then I'm, you know, my coach used to talk about it like a grapefruit. She Mm. said, living like that is like holding a grapefruit behind your back but trying to talk to someone hoping they don't see the grapefruit and if you if you're doing that then you're spending all your energy and if we're talking right now and i'm holding a grapefruit behind me i'm i'm not fully present. I'm no. not listening. And I'm also thinking, does Sherry see the grapefruit? Because, yeah. you know, if she saw the if I sit like this, can she see the grapefruit? And I leave her leave for energy. coffee or whatever. And I'm like, I think she saw it. I think yeah. she saw my grapefruit. I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure. And if she saw it, she wouldn't love me. She wouldn't accept mm-hmm. me. And so as I've been able to hold that myself, I've, I feel blessed to be able to have these moments with other people where Mm -hmm. I can see and feel and be present with and not run from Mm -hmm. the pain or the truth or the experience, the grief, Mm -hmm. the loss, um, And I feel that's because I've been able to do it with myself instead of invalidating myself, say there's something wrong with me. It's like, and those moments are sacred. They're some of the most beautiful moments we could possibly have because in our darkest moments, what do we need? We need each other.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I, I believe that it, that if we can't do that for ourselves, we can't do this really for others, mm-hmm. and and so it that that's sort of a a, a universal truth for me is that mm-hmm. I can't give to others what I can't give for myself, mm-hmm. or or they're in they're at least in tandem to the extent that I can love and accept myself as as how much I can give to others, and that means sometimes accepting the the truth even if I don't like it. Yeah. you know you you look at your bank account and go that's the number of dollars in there that you look at the scales that's the number of scale you know pounds on there that's the number mm-hmm. of friends I've run off with my bad behavior that's the number of you know whatever that you and it begins by accepting that with love mm-hmm. and and some of those darker moments are the are the ones that break us open yep. I, I'm I'm feeling I want to share a little story. I hope it doesn't run the flow of this, but I don't know if you know this, Betsy. I have a son. Um, he has has autism, and he is one of the most amazing young men. And as I've watched him, I feel like, and my friends and family, we we believe that he is sort of this resilient dude. Mm. And I'll tell you, because, and I think you've helped me understand why, he has this ability when something happens he doesn't like, he feels it, man. He's oh. like, oh, that makes me so mad or that's so delicious or that's unfair. And he feels it, you know, and let's just go with something that's sort of a negative feeling. Oh, I didn't get to play football. Oh. Yeah, And he's so mad. And then he feels it. And then he makes a decision. Well, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And then he just... He, sh- he, he literally asks himself, what do I want to feel now? And then he'll go do that. And so wow. what's so amazing to me is that he doesn't do what those, those of us who maybe who don't have autism is pretend oh, I'm fine. Yeah. I really didn't want that to begin with, or I'm mm-hmm. it's okay, or that's the way it was meant to be, and inside you're seething or brokenhearted right? or whatever, mm-hmm. and putting bullshit on it. He's like, no, whatever it is, he feels it, and he's yes. loud about it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then he's like, but I don't like feeling this way, and then he goes, well, how do I want to feel now? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, this is a kid who would get hit by a car. He got hit by a car, totaled oh the car. Goodness. He got hit by a car and he's lost all, you know, he's laid up and he's like really sad and really hurt. But he's like, Oh, but you know what? I get to be the one that decides what we watch on television because I'm wow. sitting on, you know, and it was genuine. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's yep. genuine. And I'm like, yeah. So as I've been sort of unpacking him and his amazing lessons to me in my life, it, I believe he is showing me, Resilience mm-hmm. in, a, in encapsulated, yes, you feel it, you yes. see it, you acknowledge it, you feel it, and then you make a decision and you drop, don't drop anchor in it. And he yep. over and over,
1: what a teacher!
0: Oh my god, he I have the stories for stories. all of
1: us. Oh yeah. my goodness, I yes, know. and there's no resistance to this. Is what this is what's happening, right? Yeah. It's like, this is what's happening, this is what I'm feeling connection with his body and those emotions yep. running through. There's and- no
0: part of him that's gonna hide a grapefruit man. If he's got a grapefruit, <laughs> you're like, gonna see that grapefruit.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then he moves on, man. He moves yeah. on. Yeah. So um I know that you've got um the possibility of rescheduling a resilience talk or a new talk mm, about that. Yeah. And so I'm gonna keep put po- tabs on that and mm-hmm. and probably and try to let the listeners know about that because I can feel Betsy you have so much to say about that and feel oh,
1: thank you. Gosh okay.
0: I feel your um wisdom. I don't is that word seems inadequate. It's a great word, but I it, I feel your wisdom. I feel your insight. And I'll tell you what else I get from you is your complete passion about being in integrity. Mm. That's how I see you.
1: Thank you. I I <laughs> I what I appreciate about you is your ability to see and your willingness to reflect back what you see. That's something that from our first conversations I've always really appreciated. What a gift that is. That well, you that's do. and thank you for sharing it with me. I mean, and it feels true. I yeah. I feel like I'm at a I'm now <laughs> more than even ever before. I can't, even if I wanted to go down some path that doesn't feel like it's in alignment. I just can't, I can't, my foot, my foot won't go. Like won't even step toward, you know, in the past I could like step into it, kind of play with it. Like, well, maybe I could like, do this work for this company and it's like yeah well, no, well I and, it. And, and
0: that's such a beautiful thing you said that I, I want folks to hear this that when if you're maybe over on this other side where life has just been on the factory settings or you're just just waking up to how miserable and unhappy you are and you're listening to betsy or you've been listening to this podcast and other folks about and they seem to have all their shit together the reality is we're 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 skipping over the the mess ups and we're skipping over the amount of time and the amount, but it is it is something that builds over time, that mm-hmm. that integrity, that knowing you didn't just wake up one day and have it. Mm-hmm. You learned, you taught yourself how to listen to it. It might have been there, but you started to listen and pay attention, right? Mm-hmm. And now yeah. it's muscle memory. You're like, oh no, I can already feel. I don't even have to explore why I don't want to work for that company because I just trust my gut
1: yeah because and I think one way of describing it is like I used to be in so much pain that well it's almost like I let's use an example of drinking I was in so much pain that I wanted to like that I need I felt like I needed to like drink or numb this pain and and even if that made me feel bad that even felt good because it, it almost seemed yeah. like a relief from the other emotional pain. Sure. I was feeling. But like getting to the place where I feel good in my life, like part of my relationship to alcohol now is I will have a little bit of tequila. I love Casamigos Reposado tequila. Mm-hmm. and I'll have this much. You can't see me cause we're on video, but it's yeah. my fingers are about a centimeter right. <laughs> apart. I'll have a little bit. And if I start to feel it, that doesn't feel good to me. Right. It doesn't feel good. Cause I feel better feeling right. clear than I do feeling intoxicated. So there's this like recalibration. I like Mm -hmm. the word calibration. And that's something that I think for me has happened in a a lot of different ways over time. But I do want to say something to everybody listening who feels like they might be on these default settings because I really truly believe this in my experience and working coaching with thousands of people. And also I've done hundreds of clairvoyant readings of Mm -hmm. people and healings is That these that our adaptability to our our ability to adapt to our environment to culture to relationship expectations. There's so many layers of programming. I'll use programming as just a word, or even our schooling. Mm -hmm. There's so we're so adaptable as human beings, and we've adapted to function to these. And I'll use your words, default settings. as a way of survival that Mm -hmm. served us at a Mm -hmm. certain point in time. So if we sometimes approach our life, we start to see that we're operating this way. We say, oh, why did I do this? We invalidate it. We say, why can't I be more like so-and-so? Or why can't I feel motivated to do my meditation or to do the things that I know are good for me? And so I just want to start with validating that you've you've adapted this way. Brilliantly, this is a brilliant function yes. of being a human in a world that so much of what around us is broken and diseased yes. and not based in love. And so, the reaction to that to try to survive or to shore up, kind of armor up, is a brilliant adaptability strategy. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that we hold on to those strategies longer than we need them. Yes. So they served us to help us survive. So I adapted, mm-hmm. you know, to tell jokes and be entertaining and get attention And when I was seven, eight years old. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, once I got a little bit older, it's like, okay, maybe I need to listen more, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like not just put on a show all the time, um, but is to say, okay, thank you for mm-hmm. But my ability to adapt to these default settings, I appreciate it. And I'm curious, like what might be ready to look, maybe Mm -hmm. loosen up or to change? What might I be able to see differently? Exactly. Totally different approach, right? Then exactly this, let's throw it all out, delete. How do I restart? How do I refresh this thing?
0: Right. Or to sit in judgment of why did I spend so many years doing that? Instead mm-hmm. going, you know what, there were some really good reasons and th- that saved my ass mm-hmm. or that, that made total sense back then. Yep. And so there's that love and acceptance of what was, and, and then asking those loving questions going forward and, and really understanding that, that our defaults, and I love what you said, is, is our, our, given to us for reasons that others even think are good reasons. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's not mm-hmm. something done to us. You know, culture has created these things and they don't always serve, but they're not our fault. And mm-hmm. so that, you know, and so we just yeah. want, do a, an inventory of where we are and, and then come back to a word you said really early on is choice. Mm-hmm. And you realized you had a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, something broke open at that retreat that you went to or that workshop that that at least that was a word I remember hearing you say that you went, oh, mm-hmm. I get to choose if I keep on this trajectory or I make the effort. And you might not even know in that minute at the moment at 23, yeah. make the effort to shift things, to yeah. shift things.
1: Well, I, I, I co- got to. Oh, go sorry. Ahead. no, go ahead. I, I wanted to add to the part to that story because it's sure just hit me. And that is, I shared at the beginning of that workshop, I had this Louise Hay card, which is, mm-hmm. loving myself is easy. E- loving others is easy when I love and accept myself. That was the beginning of the workshop. Mm-hmm. The workshop ended at five o'clock on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and I had, and this was with my colleagues at the time that I was working with, hundred hours a week, you know, um, and I had. I had had a girlfriend for a year and then broke mm-hmm. up and then had another girlfriend. But anyway, two years I had had a girlfriend or been dating women mm-hmm. and been totally closeted about it oh, with people yeah. that I worked with all, all the, time. the time. I mean, talk about Grape cultivating fruits. the ability. <laughs> yeah. I had a bag of grapefruit <laughs> and grapefruits were everywhere. I I thought if people knew this, I yeah. wouldn't be, promoted i thought yeah. they wouldn't love me they would reject me etc sure. etc et and i had told myself at this workshop i'm going to come out to everybody and mm-hmm. after i pulled that first card so this was loving others these to <laughs> love and accept myself because i was not accepting myself i was yeah. feeling lots of shame and in internalizing that and at one of the breaks on the last day i told one of my closest co-workers mm-hmm. who i had been in her wedding we were really good friends i mean i kept the Really secret, yeah. Really, really, really secretive. And 15 minutes before the end of the workshop, Faith, the who became my coach and now friend, mm-hmm. she looked at me and said, I kid you not, she looks at me and says, Betsy, is there something that you want to share with us? Oh, my God. I feel God. like there's something that you want to share with us. And I... I could see you. You're getting chill the chills. Bumps. I'm what? getting the chills. She says, "Is there something you want to share?" And I, and I knew in that moment, I could feel it physiologically. Now my heart's racing. I'm like, "Ugh!" And I said, "Yeah." Mm. I think all I got out was, "I have a girlfriend."
2: <laughs> 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 Burst into tears.
1: <laughs> I, you know, I just started crying. And bless everyone's heart, they all yeah. came and hugged me. Of course. All 20 people, they're all crying with me. They're saying, we love you. We accept yeah. you. It was a beautiful moment. It's a great way to come out to a lot of people. Oh,
0: seriously, yeah, um, yeah.
1: But that oh. was, I mean, to talk about the bookends of that experience, mm-hmm. the beginning of it was loving others easy when I love and accept myself. And I needed to have the choice to say, I need to take a risk because I am dying inside if, I, mm-hmm. if, I'm not, if I'm not allowing myself to be whole
0: yeah. with
1: who I am. Right. And that cracked things open even more uh, for myself and all of those relationships in the, my life, right? To say, like, I can be myself.
0: And be whole. And be whole. Right. And so I, I, I would imagine that withholding such an, an enormous part of who you are is, is, is hugely difficult. I wonder also if, if there are some parallels, even if it may not be something that is even quite that large. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you might be a person who has a lot of debt or a person who, and I, or any kind of grapefruit that you're hiding. Yep. And again, not to minimize your story at all, but I'm just yeah. for the listeners to, Absolutely. to realize that this is not necessarily about coming out, but it's about mm-hmm. being an in integrity and being whole and loving the wholeness of you, things that are, that are not broken, but they may be things you still have been trained to hold shame around.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't take it as, I mean, this is the invitation. The invitation is, and this relates to Brene Brown's work, I think, Mm -hmm. because her work on shame and and vulnerability is so important for this conversation. Because as we think about, you know, I was lucky. I really mm-hmm. that I came out to the the these friends and colleagues and they were very supportive. I have had experiences that did not go well that yeah. were very negative about people's response. However, when we choose to be vulnerable, we ask ourselves, "Who might I mm-hmm. be able to share this with? Who might be able to hold this with me?"
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and to and to be willing to take a risk with someone who is a friend, maybe is somebody who's a Mm -hmm. teacher. Maybe it's somebody you work with, right? But like you said, it could be having debt. It could be, um, fertility. Yeah. Having challenges with fertility. It could be health related. It Mm -hmm. could be something I did in my past that I'm having trouble forgiving myself for, reconciling. Right. There's lots of things that we carry shame. And Mm -hmm. as Brene Brown says, it survives when we don't talk about it and don't share it and it grows. And so, um, that journey is an important one for us to hold and acknowledge our own shame and to find ways that we can talk about it.
0: And, and, And I think that's why she has her work on vulnerability, really reframing that. As not from one of the a sign of weakness, but in fact, it is a superpower. Yep. and and it's I think probably at the root of what you and I have been talking about a little bit right here that we understand when we have those vulnerable moments, we are witnessing mm-hmm. and being a part of someone's strength. I mean, we mm-hmm. are in that delicious juiciness of that 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 it may feel untethered. Yep. But in fact it is really the the that an expression of your power and your superpower. And and it's where the real growth lies. I just see this real fertile, mossy, yummy, tear filled. <laughs> some of my snottiest tear filled moments are the moments yeah. that I've changed the most. And yes. they often came about by something that I was holding in that I felt bad about. Can you all hear the dog in the background? He's decided to clear his He's throat. joining.
1: He's he's moving he some is. energy. He's, he's, <laughs> And thank goodness for our pets and our animals, you know, long before I could share with human beings, some of my story, I talked to my dogs. I would, I would talk to my dogs. I was a teenager. I would they knew all about you. Oh my goodness. They knew everything. (laughs) But, and, and in this, I think for us to talk about not only the person who's sharing, but also the person who's receiving and how, how important it is for us to do our own work so that we can hold Mm -hmm. and we can just, I mean, that's something that I just love because, you know, I am someone who I don't feel judgment towards people. It's very Mm -hmm. rare. So Mm -hmm. people will come to me and say, I've never told this to anyone, or I wanted to share this with you. And it's such an honor to be able to say, Oh, you know, the, thank you for sharing this with me. And you are lovable and mm-hmm. amazing. And this is a part of your experience, and it doesn't define you. And yeah, allowing that to be part of just the experience that you've had is mm. doesn't take anything away from your value, your worthiness, no. your amazingness. So yeah, so for for us to really practice being the listener too, and to yeah. hold that is so like you said, sacred.
0: It is sacred. It is sacred. And, and I, you are amazing at that. You're a gift. You model that for others. Again, we don't come in necessarily come into the life, you know, being able to sit in somebody's discomfort and we, we've learned some of our judgments, but you can, we can develop that. Right. And so you Mm -hmm. really, thank you for modeling that. Thank you. I have a couple of questions here that I kind of ask everybody at the end. Okay. Okay. So When you, you just mentioned a minute ago, when I'm not flossing my teeth every day, I notice that I'm off track a little, (laughs) what do you do? How do you get back on track and then whatever on track means to you, but how do Mm -hmm. you, um, what do you do?
1: Well, you know, at times when I feel, well, sometimes I feel like I can say, oh, let me just take a quick inventory of the things that I do that help me feel centered, whole. And I ask myself, am I meditating? Mm-hmm. Am I doing yoga? Mm-hmm. Have, when's the last time I wrote in my journal? Yeah. Um, those are some of the main things that yep. I will check in with myself on. And recently, I maybe it was a few weeks ago, I realized that I had hit a point in my in my self-care kind of regimen or resilience that where I dipped below a layer that I hadn't dipped below mm-hmm. in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that was a layer that was, I wasn't meditating, I wasn't doing yoga, I wasn't writing in my journal, and I wasn't feeling like it. Uh-huh. It wasn't like I could say, oh, oh, I'm noticing I didn't do these things that are helpful for me. I will do that. Right. And so I I want to acknowledge that we hit those points too. So what I have done and what I did recently was just say, "Oh, you know, I must be really hurting." Mm-hmm. Just just a simple saying, "Oh, I must be really hurting or I must be really struggling mm-hmm. to feel like I know these things are helpful for me and I don't feel I like I can them. do them." Oh, and gosh. so what I did was I'm researching to find Um, A specific type of therapist that I feel I need. I want to work with a therapist that does internal family systems therapy, but also works with patients with trauma and CPTSD. So that's a very specific thing. But for me to say, I need help. (laughs) I need a type of help that I haven't gotten before, but now I'm ready for so those are right. a couple of things Beautiful. that I've done recently.
0: So you, you kind of have a, when, you know, you have some acknowledgement about when you're on, when you're shooting on all cylinders, these are the mm-hmm. kind of things I'm doing. Then there's mm-hmm. the noticing if you're not doing it. And then I love that you, that you even differentiated. And you went back to a question. You went back to that loving, compassionate question. I love that. Mm-hmm. Betsy, if you put your motto on a bumper sticker that you'd want to advertise on the, you know, your motto for folks, uh, what would it be? Nothing like putting you on sizzle. the spot. Sorry. Huh? I
1: know. I, you know, I'm an improviser, so I, that's I, to you go. To do that. I just put sizzle. Uh-huh. Um, I'll give the quick background, which is one of my nicknames, um, that I was given 16 years ago by a friend of mine, but what I have, it's also my business sizzle consulting LLC. What I feel sizzle is, is that's, very specific part of you that when you come into alignment comes alive and is able to be in joy and be playful and express yourself creatively and serve your purpose. And so I think it would need more than one word to give some of the background, but, uh, You can put a saying,
0: you can put a saying thrive
1: or something like that. Or, or, or it could be something like a slogan on a bumper sticker was, you're lovable.
0: You're lovable. I love that. You're
1: lovable. Every yeah. single person is worthy of love.
0: Mm. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, who are your go-tos you, uh, when you, uh, like mentors, books, who are like, you know, the people you go to when you need a loving, metaphorical kick in the ass?
1: <laughs> like who do you? Abraham Hicks.
0: Abraham Hicks. Yeah. That's one of them. Yeah.
1: Brené Brown. Brene Brown, mm-hmm. Brene, um, Byron Katie. Yeah. The work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are
0: your
1: go-tos. Pema children. Yeah. Yeah, Our bookshelves
0: are very similar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, I love when I am, um, you can't see the picture, but my books, I feel like that I have this wall of wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even have to read the books. I don't know about you, but it's just the titles. Kick oh, sometimes with a
1: bookshelf like that you just have to walk up to it and walk along Skip. it i i really do think that a great bookshelf like that that you've curated gives a little hug to you
0: it does when you're
1: just right by there i have a friend who has an incredibly curated library at her house it's basically a two-car garage that uh-huh. she's converted to a library and i just walk in there and just yeah. stand by the books and i you feel just better. feel it don't you yeah.
0: I love it. So. I do. I do. Okay. My last question is, if given a choice, is it dark chocolate or milk chocolate?
1: Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> dark chocolate or milk chocolate. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh, you really, you really. <laughs>
2: <sighs> What's
1: your answer? I can't choose. I, oh. My whole life was milk chocolate up until the last maybe 10 years of dark gotcha. chocolate. But I guess okay if I have to get if I have to pick now I'd say dark chocolate. But now my palms are sweaty. I'm like I think it's both. <laughs> you really baked you know my what? noodle on that one. Shirt. You
0: do not have to choose. <laughs> I will never make you choose. You can yeah. have both. But dark is the right answer. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, you guys. I hope that my my heart is full i feel like i've been so blessed betsy from the sharing i've learned more about your story you've gone deeper i have been touched I, my notes just for me right here are amazing and i'm trusting that those who are listening to this have been touched if you've been if you've been pinged in any way by what you've heard from betsy or our conversation today please don't ignore that pay attention to that write it down carve out some time to just explore the ping Okay, just trust that and know that there was some divine timing involved that you might be listening to Betsy's story um, for a reason. And then I want you to take a look in the show notes. I'm going to give you all the ways to to reach out to Betsy, to follow her, to connect with her on LinkedIn and on the web and all those things. And you know, it is it's a small world. We really can connect. You can pick up the phone, and in in a matter of days, be having a conversation with Betsy or me or whatever. That's the way the world is. And so, mm-hmm. I'm going to encourage you to do that if you if it's if it's hit you that way. And um, Betsy, thank you. Do you have any final thing to say?
1: I do. I just, I really thank you for your leadership and your wisdom and for all the ways that you've listened Mm. to your heart and followed your path, because these are doors, all the doors that you've opened. Mm. It's, it just brings people together. And so when our conversations, I always learn something, I always leave inspired And I also really appreciate the laughter. And I, Mm -hmm. I would be remiss if I didn't say to everyone, follow the sparks of joy. Those are clues in your life, and you don't have to figure out the next hundred steps. But every time there's a little bit of playfulness, or a little bit of joy, or a little bit of laughter, that's a wink. That's a wink. I love it. (laughs) Take the next step because that is your birthright. You, your birthright is to be part of the whole and to be someone that's playful joyful and sometimes we get so far from that we don't think that's us I'm here to remind you it is part of who you are and remembering that I think is one of the portals to our freedom
0: gosh I love that you ended with that thank you the universe is flirting with us and let's flirt let's go do it let's do it (laughs) thank you Betsy thank Thank you so much You've been listening to the Design Your Life on Purpose podcast with me, life coach Sherry Honeycutt. Well, I have a question for you. Is your life so amazing you just have to pinch yourself? Or are you stuck in that velvet rut? Are you living each day kind of by default and you're getting sick of not having or doing or being what you want? Well, why don't you hop on a consult with me to learn how coaching will help you, how coaching will transform you. I guarantee you will gain clarity and you'll feel better just from the gall. You'll find a link in the show notes or you can connect with me at sherryhoneycutt.com. But don't spend another day in that velvet rut. Just don't do it. Remember, you will not accidentally create the life you want. It just doesn't happen that way. It will happen when you live on purpose can't wait to hear from you.